Hello and welcome to Movie Mastery. This is the show where me, John, and my co-host Jeff here... Make it sound like there's three of us. Yes. And also, my wizard friend, Fartballs. (laughs) (laughs) The Magnificent. Yeah, he's great. He is pretty great. I mean, that's not his title or anything, we just like him. Good old fart balls. He doesn't really contribute much to the show. No, he's uh, he's a silent partner. They often call him the third member of the band because he does such a good job on the lighting. <laughs> anyway, your intro as you were. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, we review old crap movies mostly that you recommend, but if you recommend something that isn't crap, and I don't know why you would, then we might watch that. So every week, we have a selection of movies that is recommended to us, and we randomly select one, and this week, it was Wizards. Wizards! We had a D21, I think, to roll this week, but thankfully the internet does provide. Yep. And so uh, we rolled it and came up on Ralph Bakshi's Wizards. Now, I gotta say, uh, never watched a Bakshi film before. That's not true. Really? Oh yeah, you've seen Cool World. Oh, God, Cool World is a Bakshi film? That is correct. I knew you'd seen it. Oh, my God, that's insane. Yeah, no, that's his last major production is Cool World. So you've seen one, and I already, having seen several of these, I know what we're what we're in for going in. Okay, so we watched the trailer for this to get sort of an idea of what we were getting into. So uh, this is a film from 1977. Great. So, a couple months before Star Wars, this thing was in theaters. Awesome. Uh, I know that I have a great, powerful love for all of the movies from the 70s. Well, at least because this one's sort of animated. You're not going to get a bunch of scenes in a sheriff's office. Yeah. I mean, maybe. You never know. Yeah, and at least the beards are going to be big cartoon bush beards and not gross actual 70s beards. (laughs) So, uh, the trailer for this really feels like it's trying... Far too hard to sell this. Oh, yeah, because it actually, like, it's a weird trailer, because it's a woman talking, and she's, like, telling you why the movie is great. Oh, yeah, she's just sitting there like, this is the most amazing fantasy sci-fi epic you'll ever see from Ralph Bakshi, the master of cartoons. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? I've seen more than one Bakshi movie. He was never the master of cartoons. There were people 40 years before he was animating who were better at cartoons than him. Oh, yeah, I mean, even fucking Cool World, I'm like, man, this is years and years later, and you have not learned much, apparently. Yeah, okay, so she she also introduces the basic concept of the story in the trailer, which is that there are two brothers who hate each other and are wizards, and their names are Avatar and Black Wolf. And Avatar is the master of a, a land called Montegar, and Black Wolf is a Nazi. We get that right away in the trailer. Yeah, no, the trailer is very quick to go, uh, Avatar is a good wizard... And he rules a kingdom, and tech has been outlawed. Black Wolf, however, is a Nazi. A literal, actual swastika Nazi. And they punctuate that by literally having him open a curtain with Nazis, with with a swastika on it, and then play a a movie with an old projection reel that's Stukas going into a dive bomb. Yeah, so there you go. So, so Nazis. So I'm... And then right after it introduces them, it's like, yeah, there's these two main characters, and then it's like, and wizards... We'll also introduce you to an elf named Weehawk and uh, the, a, a fairy the queen. Princess or whatever, Eleanor. Princess Nipples a Poppin'. <laughs> oh, Nips a Poppin'. She's pretty Nips a Poppin'. And even in the little couple seconds they show you in the trailer. Yeah, well, you know, it's a fairy. Yeah, so we get a fairy and, uh, uh, oh, and then they introduce the only thing I knew about this movie going in, which is that there's this ugly red robot, which. Honestly, it looks like animated pajamas with a gun. Yeah, and like a clam for a head. It's like a clam head p- pajama bot. Yeah. And it's it, it, the trailer introduced it as Peace, but I've seen posters of this thing a million times, and in the posters it's always called Necron 99. All right, then. So I'm not really I'm not really sure what's going on with that, but uh, I guess we'll find out in the film. Uh, okay, so let's we've seen a trailer, and it's it's garbage. Yeah, this uh, this looks like it ought to be... Real great. Now, I've seen Bakshi's uh, Lord of the Rings, so I already know a few things that I should expect going in. And what I'm going to say is I'm going to expect a lot of live-action footage that's been converted via negatives into just stupid shadows running around on screen. Yeah, we did kind of get some of that in the the, uh, the 
the trailer there. Yeah, but based on Lord of the Rings, I'm going to say that's a lot of the movie. Huh. So, okay. So that's that's going to happen. I'm also going to predict, and this is a big thing for me on Bakshi, that the movie's tone is going to be very serious, but there's going to be constant stupid comedy on screen. Just little creatures walking around going boing, 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 like that. Well, I mean, the from what I've seen, it looks like your standard good wizard versus evil wizard, except you have a lot of Nazi stuff, and I have no idea how it's going to play out with, you know, Nazis. Yeah, that's weird. It also says it's... It, at one point, the uh, the voice actress says that the movie was created 10 million years from now. Great. Like, I, I guess she wants us to think it's a documentary. So anyway, it, I, we know it's super sci-fi, so yeah, there's going to be a lot of stupid battles between these two wizards and Nazi stuff. Great. Great. Got any predictions? Uh... No, not really. I mean, we, I feel like it's gonna be weirdly sexual if Cool World is any indication and nips a poppin' the fairy princess. Well, yeah, yeah. And you just have to look at Bakshi's film history to get that. Like, Lord of the Rings doesn't have a lot because you didn't have a choice. That movie, that, I mean, that's, Lord of the Rings is a sausage fest. Let's, let's, <laughs> but, uh, Fritz the Cat is also him and that is. Oh, I've heard of Fritz the Cat. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's a lot of, he, he, he tends to like to do, he doesn't really show a lot of nudity in his movies, but he'll show a lot of almost nudity. Okay. It's a little creepy. Great, because it's always cartoons, and they're always, like, kid-looking. All right, well, let's uh, go ahead and watch the movie. We will be back after some music with Wizards, the review. God, this was mentally draining. Yeah, well, I mean, it was amazing watching that, especially that last battle where they're playing Mario Brothers 3, and he's got the power glove. Man, Wizard is an amazing movie. (laughs) (laughs) See, now, I thought it was going to be about cartoon wizard Nazis, but it turned out it was actually like a a Wizard of Oz, but done with, like, like black people instead. That was was a little confusing. Yeah. Also Watching the, the Wiz was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Enough of so, <laughs> so wizards, wizards, the Ralph Bakshi 1977 thing, technically a thing that exists. It's long enough to be a movie, so it must be a movie. Oh wow! Okay, so they had. I I have to assume nobody storyboarded this because it just goes. Nowhere it, it, it's, forever. It just—it's it, one of those things where it feels like Ralph Bakshi's creative vision was all over this, like just one hundred percent no dissent. This is—it's—it's it's bad in the same way that like Phantom Menace is bad. Like no one was willing to say no to the one guy. And you know what? It has everything I hate from seventies movies of a bunch of fucking wheel spinning and establishing shots of shit. Where like the beginning of the movie is goddamn Peace or Necrium 99 or whatever the shit his name is. Necron 99. Has him just wandering around, just on his dumb, fat, round, two-legged horse thing. Oh yeah, there's these stupid ostrich horses that are the only mode of transportation. It's basically a balloon with a head and two legs. Yeah, they make sense as a cartoon creation, but the animation in this is so bad that it doesn't help. I mean, a a competent animator could have taken these fat... Horse balls and turn them into something great. Yeah, normally fat horse balls are something I think are great. Normally fat horse balls is my nickname in high school. <laughs> but yeah, so the beginning of the movie just has him wandering around and it takes forever. It's like ten minutes of him just, yeah, and there's like two gobliny things with him and, and, and they're all just sort of wandering around and there's very minor conversation and then right away you get to, you, you get the the uh, sense that they didn't have the budget to do the whole movie. Like, they ran out of money at some point, so instead they just put the storyboards up on screen and were like, fuck it, we'll have someone talk over these. Oh, yeah, because there's a plenty of still images of things and narration. Oh, yeah. It is so lazy. There's so much narration. And I, I want to say, it's. I feel like it's lazy, but it's also that this movie was way bigger than the hour and a half they wanted to make. And so they were just like, whatever, we'll just have to shove a lot of it in in narration because we're not making two of these. Also, it starts out with, uh, as well, that beginning narration about, like, magic and tech being at war with each other, which then goes on to not be true. Oh, yeah. It says something, it opens on a shot of, like, a tombstone or a statue or something. Yeah, it's like some memorial thing of, like, 
here's where humanity fucked itself up because of tech and magic. Yeah, and then there was a two or ten million years of war and, and darkness and post-radiation fallout. Yeah, and it establishes that all of this uh, radiation from these bombs has created mutants, like you would assume, but... Those mutants then just become kind of like goblins and orcs. Yeah, and then meanwhile, fairies and elves are described as coming back. They aren't, yeah. they aren't mutants. Yeah, they, this isn't a mutation. Yeah, they are returning to the world from wherever they were. Great. That's what they were waiting for. It wasn't waiting for a sense of wonder or joy to come back to the world. It wasn't waiting for people to clap hard enough and believe in them. Nope, it was waiting for nuclear holocaust. Yeah, and as soon as that was over, they were like, well, we can come back from wherever the hell we were, and here we are, and we'll set up stupid little hobbiton things, and I, I don't even know. Yeah, so so we get a establishing narration that's basically like, all right, uh, there's mutants, and the mutants are angry, and there's fairies and elves, and the fairies and elves live in uh, fairy and elf town, which is away from mutants, and they hate each other, and that's great. And every time they try to fight, the elves and fairies win because mutants are stupid, and as soon as they take any casualties, they run away, they have no morale. Yeah, they get scared and run off. And and we get introduced to, in the kind of golden hour style uh, images, it's just a bunch of sepia art, we get introduced to the concept of the two main characters of the film, or sort of the two main characters, the good guy and the bad guy, which are two brothers that are born in, like, an elf town. Yeah. And and they are named... Uh, one of them super crazy evil and, like, tries to hurt his mother as soon as he comes out, and the other one is the embodiment of peace and goodwill. And they are named Black Wolf and Avatar. And you get a picture of them when they're just, like, wee babies, and Black Wolf is a mutant that apparently his mutation is he has skeleton arms. Yeah, he has skeleton instead of arms. Like, there's just, like, there's no flesh on his arms, but there is, like, uh, like he has wrists and hands and shoulders, but the rest of it's just bone. Yeah, it's just the arms from basically, like, the shoulder to the wrist is just bone, but he can still move it around like it had muscle. Yeah. So, okay, great. And Avatar is just a cute little elf kid. Uh, which is weird. It's weird that they're born to an elf family and raised as elves and so on, because Black Wolf is obsessed with his kids being humans. Well, Black Wolf is a mutant, which is weird, because the, like, it's an elf or fairy queen that gives birth to them, and she didn't have sex with a mutant, and because we've established that these are not, like, compatible races... I, I feel like any time we say we've established, that's us... And that any amount of fact-checking was not actually done during creation of the movie. Okay, the the movie has told us this thing. However, it's going to disregard a lot of things that it says throughout the entire movie. Yes, that's going to happen a lot. Like we were just saying that there's that statue that says, A massive war between the fundamentally incompatible magic and technology. And then it cuts to Black Wolf, who uses both, constantly. That's his thing. His thing is he uses magic and technology. And we also find out later in the movie that, no, it was just, there was a nuclear holocaust, and then elves and fairies came back, and they had magic. Magic and tech never fought each other. This is bullshit. Your opening narration is wrong from the get-go. Right. Which is funny, because the movie has, like, eight people who are credited as final checkers. Yeah, good job, guys. You did it. I, I have to assume that's actually an animation thing, and they were checking, like, storyboards or, or, or self That or I have to imagine that they were like me, and barely able to remain conscious and upright throughout this film. <laughs> they, they fell asleep immediately, and they woke up, and they were like, yeah, it's great. Oh, it's the best thing I've ever seen. I fell asleep immediately. It must be a good movie from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. If it's a movie that puts you to sleep, you know it's gold from the 70s. <laughs> Alright, so, at this point, uh, we... God, this is so confusing, because it, it it happened at the beginning of the movie, which might as well have been, like, a month ago. Yeah. It, okay, so, Necron attacks the the president of... Mont Montagar? Montagar. Okay, so, Montagar has a, a ruler, which is, which is, uh, Avatar. It has a president, which is the president. And then it has a, a princess, who is a Helen of the Fairy. So I'm not really sure what their, what their, uh political system is exactly i don't know and we get so like some there's an elf who was trying to stop these assassins and so, he yeah. fucked up he he manages to stop there are three assassins coming to kill the president of montagar on the orders of black wolf uh they two of them get stopped by weehawk the elf and some of his friends who die while trying to stop them but necron 99 manages to get through 
Necron climbs this big stupid tower that Avatar lives in, and just just because now's a good time as any, Avatar is a, a, a an elf, I think, but he's basically a beard with a hat and Smurf feet. Yeah, they pretty much just put an outfit on Cousin It and yeah. had him be a wizard. Yeah, he looks like like spellcasting Captain Caveman. Also, he sounds like George Carlin. He sounds exactly like George Carlin. It's it's crazy. It's, it's, <laughs> every time he talks, he's like, "Well, you understand, a lot of a lot of gay kids have gay kid names. You know, there's seven words you can't say in Monogar. Yeah. Here's another list of mutants that should be strapped to a chair and beaten with hammers. <laughs> just it, it's just constant. He, also, he's very '70s laid back. Like he never puts shoes on, and all of his every time he gives advice to anybody, it's always like." Why don't we just wait around and see what happens? Why don't we smoke a joint? Ah, uh, what we need is it needs to be more beautiful here. That's that's your problem. Everything's so ugly. Yeah. So he, in that, it's kind of like George Burns being done by. It's like if George Carlin did George Burns. Yeah. Which, if you've read my fic, <laughs> read my fan fiction, <laughs> two Georges. It's that double George, my George on George action, hot Georgies. And then in the second one, Georgie shows up. Yeah, well, then the, the third one, George Costanza shows yeah, show, up. Georgie, yeah, Georgie, he shows up, it's and he's great. like, I couldn't be in the first one, there was shrinkage! It's great, it's amazing. <laughs> what? Why? Please go to www.georgefic.com. Yeah, please read about our, our fanfic about three guys named George, one of whom is fictional. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, oh, and the president of Montagar is a dude in a mask. And Helena, the, the fairy queen, is, as mentioned before, nips a pop and the, the, the nipple fairy. <laughs> she is in basically a silk bikini? It's something, it's like an 80s style bikini that doesn't meet in the middle between her boobs, but instead hooks down into the bathing suit bottom. Yeah. It's like that thing. I don't even, neither of us are women's fashion mavens, and this is a pretty complicated piece of boob holster technology. <laughs> so, I, I don't think. It's that, not even holstering. It's just sort of going across them. Yeah, it just covers them. It's like she's wearing suspenders that are big enough to cover her boobs, but sheer enough that the nips are always there. Yeah, and and if we so if, perfect if, is if what it, if it I'm sounds saying. like we're talking about her boobs too much, that's her character trait. Yeah, she is. Uh, I guess bouncy is the best way to describe that. Yeah, and just like anyone else in the movie, she makes a lot of things that she thinks are jokes, but that don't seem to connect to what she's saying or what she's describing. Oh yeah, no, there's throughout the entire movie, people are just like. Hey, I'm gonna say this weird phrase, and it sounds like there should be a follow-up, and there never is. It, it sounds like witty repartee, but it's delivered to something that was cut from the film earlier. Yeah, like there's, it, there's a it scene... It feels like there's no script, because yeah. they're just like, improv something, and some guy's like, I, I think that rodent is gonna be on your hair! Yeah. And then, like, nothing. Yeah, it's just, there's, there's, just, it seems like the actors never met and recorded their lines at different times. <laughs> for different scripts. There's a sequence where uh, Avatar, in one of his extremely rare displays of doing any kind of magic at all, uh, floats himself onto his horse ball to ride it away, and uh, his magic drops him onto the horse ball backwards, so he's pointing the wrong way on the saddle, and the the fairy witch, uh, or wizard says, uh, Oh ho ho, Avatar, you're getting older, but not much bolder. Great. What? How, what, what, what? what does bravery have to do with putting yourself on a horse ball? Yeah, I don't... I, I don't it, and then there's the part with the warthog, yeah. which we might as well jump ahead because we're talking about it now. Okay, but, there's a part where Weehawk is attacking some Nazi orc Well, he doesn't... Thing. He's off screen. It's Avatar talking to him. And Avatar's like, something like, uh, you know, you always reminded me of a warthog or something like that. No, it's it's Weehawk going... You're uh, you're uh, you're gonna be the uncle of a warthog. No, that's it. He goes. He goes. You must be a warthog's uncle. And then Weehawk goes. Well, that's how appropriate. And then kills him. Yeah. Like like how appropriate. What? what? Yeah. No. It's it's a uh, how appropriate that you should say that. How appropriate that you should say that. And then he kills him by throwing a sword at, at this Nazi that he's that that he just described or someone else just described as a warthog's uncle. There's no connection to warthogs or anything. Yeah. As soon as it was like, well, I'll be a warthog's uncle, and he says how appropriate. I'm like. So is he going to turn him into a warthog? Yeah, like Avatar's going to turn him into a warthog or something, that right? Was, That's... That was not an appropriate thing to say, or, unless or... he was like, how appropriate? I have a warthog here, and, I'm and ride it is, into battle. is your nephew. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have your nephew who's a warthog. <laughs> here on Weehawk Povich. <laughs> you are the father. Oh, no. <laughs> Throw this furniture. Uh, okay, uh, so, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's so infuriating. And the, and the weird thing is, 
the the weird lines like that happen throughout but like i said there's no follow up most of the time the uh the actual dialogue between people is sparse and interspersed with just weird scenes so like you'll have a scene where someone's talking to someone and they'll just be like hey we need to do a thing okay let's go do a thing maybe we shouldn't do a thing and then there's no resolution, and then it's just like a shot of them walking for a minute and a half. Yeah, I want to I want to push the plot forward very briefly here, just because we got to. Uh, Necron ninety nine succeeds in assassinating the president, and then is turned off by Avatar's magic. Uh, at which point, Helena screams a bunch and kind of sits on the robot. Then we get to see a lot of shots of more narration about how elves and fairies and and uh, mutants don't get along, and Black Wolf unveiling his secret technology that enables people to defeat, or his mutants to defeat the elves. Which is a movie projector that has Nazi propaganda in it. And it's, it's not even Nazi propaganda as much as it is just shots of Nazi things. Yeah, there's a couple, there's very occasionally, and, and a lot of it's done in silhouettes. They've, they've, they've done this kind of post-process conversion of old footage of the Battle of Britain so that it looks like cartoons, which was a trick that Bakshi did a lot. Oh yeah, he'd always be filming stuff in live action and then kind of converting it down to a silhouette shadow and being and that like, was that was basically their tech. Yeah, he was like, this counts as animation. Yeah, he's like, instead of animating the fact that they have a tank that's rolling up on you, I'm just going to silhouette a like footage of a tank and say, yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, that's that's animation. I'm the master of animation. The trailer said so. Yeah, <laughs> believe it. At least we know what we got in Lord of the Rings. In Lord of the Rings, there's a lot of shots of, of live action that appear to be filmed through a paper towel stuck on the camera lens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this has... The, the propaganda film is just like, here's a shot of a tank. Here's a shot of a plane. Yeah. Here's a shot of Hitler. Now, I'm, it's not even like, here's Hitler doing one of his Hitler speeches. Oh, no, it's supposed like to be propaganda. It's him agreeing with some guy. Oh, yeah, it's like he shakes hands with some guy, and then it goes to a different shot. And you're like, what is... What is even going on here? Yeah, let's be, let's be, Hitler was famously very charismatic and, and good at, at rousing speeches for his German troops, but he looked in a certain way when he was doing that. When you, when you get a shot of him just shaking hands with one of three guys in a field and then walking off, it just looks like middle management smiling at the boss. <laughs> it's, it's not threatening and it doesn't really convey a very particular sense of Nazi power. And that was the big thing in the, the rest of the shots, while it did show like, here's a plane, here's a tank, whatever, there were no actual shots of them blowing anything up oh, no. or doing anything. It was just, here's a plane flying, here's a tank going. They basically had footage of, like, a Battle of Britain documentary. And they were just like, alright, we're just going to cut all the Spitfires out of this and just show them Escher Schmidt 109s, and uh, we're going to keep showing them going into a dive over and over again. And, okay, so here's how bat oh my god, this, this movie, it's so hard to even keep track of what we're talking about. Uh, we see a battle where the... Uh, so the, it's the mutants arise to face the elves. Yeah, so we get a uh we cut to elves because the elves are they know that the mutants are coming and they're like, "All right, well, uh we've fought them before. We all know that all you need to do is just kill a few of them. They'll get super scared. They'll run off." And there's like some older elf there who's giving an elf speech to the rest of them who's like, "Don't worry about it. I fought them before. We'll fight them again. We always beat the shit out of them." Nobody ever dies. This is great. Yeah, the mutants are dumb. And let's let's say right now that elves in this are dumpy little brown things. They they're they like, look they're tan. They're they look like goblins. They look like goblins. They look like they look like uh, labyrinth goblins. Yeah, they look like labyrinth goblins or like animated pumpkins that got left out till like December. <laughs> they, they they just they're gross little monsters and and they have beards and stuff. And yeah, there's one of them giving a rousing speech. And then then we get what what has to be. Ten minutes of, of that silhouette footage of various types of soldiers being amassed by Black Wolf's army. And it's all like, okay, here's guys on horses and we can tell you just stole this from some, like, medieval film. And show it over and over again. It's the same couple shots of, of guys on horses running around a curve. And he, it looks like he has three things he purchased. A Battle of Britain documentary, some Ren Faire about knights, and some footage of Zulu warriors. Yep, those are the three things that we get silhouetted. And boy, did he get his money's worth. Yeah. So we get a lot of that. And it's all just these silhouettes. And then the silhouettes are punctuated by, by animated shots of demons. So it's like he has an army of silhouettes that are humans. Because he didn't bother drawing anything on them or anything. No. So they're, they're very clearly just humans and half-tracks and tanks and airplanes. And, and, then, and then there's these gross, bouncy demons. And again, bouncy, because I was right. In one of my predictions, I said that the movie was going to feature a lot of cartoony behavior. Oh, it's, 
it is super Looney Tunes in that it's like everything's way rounder and bouncier and kind of a yuck yuck. And then it it makes no effort to try and combine the silhouettes and these things. So it'll be like silhouettes are going by in the background and it looks like they're turning a corner. And then you just have some animated little green demony thing sitting there like shooting a gun. And it looks, for all purposes, like he just has a screen behind him showing this movie. Yeah, a lot of that. And there's also shots where the silhouettes just clearly run off into into the sky. Oh yeah, there's a part where they come off a mountain and just keep going in a straight line straight through the sky. And then they're coming towards them and they kind of green screened out the ground and the sky behind all of these silhouetted guys because they're like, oh, we'll have them charging through whatever our terrain is. But it made it so that at one point, like, I really wasn't sure if they were flying because it didn't, they didn't quite sync them up with the ground and because there was no background for them, it kind of looked like they were just floating in air. Yeah, there's tons of that. And even setting the silhouettes aside, the animation is like, okay, there's there's a sequence near the beginning of the movie where they want to establish how bad Black Wolf's home city is. And he lives in a city called Scorch, or a, a, a land called Scorch, which is like the most heavily decimated, irradiated, irradiated area. And, and so he wants you to see how bad the city there is. And so there's a shot of, and it's all done in cartoon, prostitutes standing around in like prostitute bikinis it, on a street corner. And it's supposed to be like, oh, it's terrible for these people. And, and uh, it, this is really sad. And some people go riding past them and talking about how sad it is what the city's come to. And the whole time there's a little green demon thing on the other side of the street from the prostitutes bouncing up and down like he's from a 1920s cartoon about a steamboat. And then as soon as the, the sad people pass through, the steamboat demon just bounces over to the prostitute and jumps face first into one of their boobs. And you're just like, well, okay, I guess that was supposed to be a little levity for the situation. But yeah. it's so distracting and com- it, 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 and uh, jarring. Oh, yeah. No, the whole thing is basically like that. Because we get... So, again, the, the the plot jumps around a lot. This battle that happens with the demons and the elves at this one is the secret super weapon is he plays that, like, German footage thing, and it freaks the elves out, apparently. Yeah, and apparently uh, Black Wolf can just play movies directly onto the sky. That's his, that's his wizard power. Because you, you don't, we don't know how this works. We, the visual representation is you see elves fighting goblins, and sometimes there's some silhouettes of Renaissance Fair knights running around in the background, but then all of a sudden the, the back-back background is turned into old Nazi wartime footage. And the weird thing is, it establishes Black Wolf is like, yeah, I, I found this video and we made a projector and now I can play this this old 40, 1940s, and it's supposed to be like a million some odd years oh, in the it's, future. It's 10 million years old. He has a 10 million year old reel of celluloid footage of Nazis. Of course he does. But even putting that aside, he puts it into a projector to play it. Now... This battle takes place nowhere near Scorch. Black Wolf is nowhere near there. The projector is not shown near there. Randomly, it's just, oh, from this other town, I guess, I have the magic ability to project this film into the sky. Yeah, his his big secret is he has a wizard power to project celluloid film footage into the sky, and he knows that it will scare elves into not fighting. Which it does. They're like, oh my god, ah! pictures of tanks! We, these are different from the actual tanks that we were just fighting successfully. Yeah, it's, oh, we we had planes bombing us and tanks rolling towards us. That wasn't bad, though. But as soon as you showed a movie of it, now I'm freaked out. Yeah, it's amazing. So they get scared and massacred, and then we cut back to uh, Avatar and, and we has He has reprogrammed Necron, Necron to be peace now. Yeah, so there you go. That's what happened there. I was wondering... And it turns out that he gets renamed Peace. Because yeah, because Avatar's like, I want this guy to be... Uh, we gotta do it in the Carlin uh, voice. I want this guy to be a new Avatar of Peace and Love in the Land, and he needs a chance to redeem himself. Of course, since I named him Peace, he's gotta get his ass kicked a lot. We should have named him Vinny or Morty or something like that. But... <laughs> <laughs> But no, he names the robot Peace and then brings it with them. And Peace at this point still talks, but it's always like, fairies bad, want good, want peace. Yeah. Eh. So they they now have to travel to Scorch because they're going to go stop Black Wolf or stop the projector. Their ultimate goal ends up 
sort of changing depending on who's talking. It's kind of weird that that the reason that they bring Peace along is because Peace knows the way to Scorch. Yeah, he's like, he knows where the projector is. That's all. He knows where the projector is, but then they follow him all the way to Scorch, which is like, you guys know where Scorch is. An army just came from there. They didn't come from nowhere. You can just follow them back or take the trail they took to get here to there. Yeah, you know where Scorch is. Everyone knows. That's fine. That's like capturing an Italian during World War II and being like, you're going to lead us to Italy. <laughs> and he's like, everyone knows where Italy is. It's right there. Come on, man. <laughs> what are you doing? What is this? <laughs> so yeah, he's su- he's supposed to know where the projector is kept. So I guess that's slightly more specific than an entire nation. Yeah. So, but, but that's, but in that case, you wouldn't need to follow him all the way there. He could be like, all right, tie him up and keep him in the back until we get to Scorch. But instead, they're like, well, he seems to be leading us through a fairy mountain. Well, we don't want to go through a fairy mountain. Well, let's, let's just see what he does and lead him through, let him lead us through there. Well, and then, like, they get to a fairy area, and he's like, no, fairy's bad. This place, no good. And they're like, let's go around. And they're like, no, we should go. No, I think we should probably. We should go through. We'd lose so much time. Yeah. Okay, great. All right, Carlin, whatever. So, (laughs) all right, we talk the fairy section. They go into, they go into Fairy Mountain and, and, oh, there is, there is like a, like a five minute thing of just fairies twirling around the characters. Yes. And, and we get the same shot. Like, like Helena, because she herself is a it's giant fairy. Eleanor. Oh, actually. Eleanor. I'm sorry. I keep calling her Helena. Yeah. But, oh, I'm sorry. It's Eleanor, apparently. Uh, Eleanor has a bunch of fairies twirling around her in a nice little circle because she herself is a giant fairy. Which is weird because she is a fairy, but she's the biggest character of the bunch. Yeah, of all the main characters. Because Avatar, again, is a tiny little beard with feet. And Weehawk is an elf. Yeah. So she's huge compared to the rest of them. And, and, and normally fairy, the fairies are supposed to be even smaller. They like, look like Smurfs. They're, they're, yeah. They look like, like flesh-colored Smurfs. They're little occasionally winged, yeah. mostly tiny... And then occasionally you get something like Eleanor, who's like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm the queen of the fairies. That means I'm fucking huge. I'm human size." I'm almost willing to buy that just because that fits into mythology. What I didn't like was that the fairy. There's a part later where the fairies, some of them don't like her, and the ones that don't like her are evil-looking fairies. Yeah. Well, we also get a king of the fairies there, who yeah. is just that size as well. Yeah. Well, they're just she, tiny. She does point out that she's like the queen of Montagar to them, and they're like, "Well, this isn't fucking Montagar, so." <laughs> this, this is a different fairy country. Anyway, they shtick, the fairies, before all that crap happens, the fairies use their dumb fairy shtick to put uh, Eleanor and, and Avatar into a tree. Yeah. And then Avatar gets crazy pissed off about that. Yeah, no, this, okay, up until this point, Avatar has done, like, two things with magic. One is, shut down Peace, Peace is Necron. Yeah, Necron. And the other is, float. We've seen him float. We That's him it. Float onto a, onto a horse ball. So he gets put into a tree, and you're like, oh, well, we already know. At least one of your magic tricks is floating. We you know, can just float. We know only, like, three things about you, Avatar, even though the movie's been going for 40 minutes at this point. You are super laid back. You always let stuff happen around you, and you can fly. So you don't care if you get put in a tree. And instead, he gets put in a tree. He's like, that's it. I've lost all my patience and spent my patience on you, and that's my last patience. I'm summoning all the powers of darkness. And you're like, what the fuck overreaction is this? Yeah. And he's like, I'll have the winds come and the storms blow. And I'll like, cast all you fairies into an abyss of all abysses. And, 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 you know, meanwhile, Eleanor is freaking out because she's in the next tree over. And, uh, Weehawk, who's down on the ground, is getting blown around by this nonsense, too. And, uh, Necron, or Peace, I'm sorry, leaves. Yeah. He just, he, get, he just he gets like, on his nah. horse and is like, I don't give this. I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is bullshit. I'm just gonna leave. So he goes outside and starts fighting some goblins he finds out there. And then, I guess the fairies are, get so scared that they, that they summon a feast to appease. Yeah, like some other fairy shows up and is like, Snaps his fingers, and they're no longer in a tree, and they're in front of some food, and he's like, Hey, sorry about that. Uh, some of the other fairies are dickholes. But how about we have some food, eh? Yeah, let me just, let me just fix that for you. I'm gonna get this all under control. And for a second, it's not good enough. There's a split second where I was like, No! I'm so angry about that tree! I'm gonna kill every fairy! And then, like, Eleanor's like, Dude, come on. Chill the fuck out. He's like, Oh, alright. Alright, I'm gonna go right back to doing what I always do, which is, Acting like George Carlin Yoda. <laughs> so, then they get, uh... This is the most confusing thing in the movie. I don't... They get pissed off. Weehawk, Weehawk notices that Necron 99 has left. 
and, and he yells about it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the sequence here because it's fucking confusing as hell. Okay, uh, Avatar and Eleanor are sitting down at the feast. Weehawk goes off because he hates he hates fairies because elves hate fairies in this movie. So he goes off to talk to his horseball instead, and he's talking to his horseball when he notices that Necro ninety nine or Peace has left, and so he starts shouting and yelling, "Oh God, Peace has left! We have to go! Get on your horses, idiots!" At this point, one of the fairies goes, "Assassins!" and then he gets shot, and then you get one shot of Eleanor with her arms stuck in rainbow pillars. And then the next shot is Avatar and Weehawk running along. Literally, the next shot is Avatar and Weehawk running along together going, The fairies took her into the mountains! We have to get her back from the fairies! And meanwhile, uh, and uh, Weehawk is like, And also, peace is bad, I think. Yeah, so there's basically like 15 minutes of movie that gets done in a, like a minute. Which is weird, because... The movie is full of filler. Like that oh, yeah. whole swirling fairy scene that goes on forever. The uh the silhouette guys, which just interminably cuts oh, to. Oh yeah, there's so much of that. But this scene where like ten things happen is done in rapid cuts so bad that there might as well have had a scene missing flag stuck in there. Oh yeah, it's just, hey, an elf yells, and then a fairy is shot. And then Eleanor is in Rainbow Rock with her arms stuck in there. And then, and then, like for a second, you see her screaming in these Rainbow Rocks. And then the very next shot is Peace and Avatar going, "They took her! They took her into the mountains!" Yeah, it's so insane. Okay, then they got. I guess okay, so they run off into the trail into the mountains, and and uh, okay, so they go into a the the, the mountain, and they're like, "Oh no, this cave!" And then we get like a fucking six minute. Thing where Weehawk fights Miss. Yeah, he falls into a pit and tells uh, tells Avatar not to bother rescuing him because Avatar's casting his float spell and he's just like ah, Wigga Digga Frazetta, and, and uh, which I thought Frank him in, in or, uh, him invoking the name of Frank Frazetta was kind of cool, but huh. but otherwise he Wigga Digga Frazetta, and then Weehawk's like no, no magic. You go and rescue her using magic. Do not magic me out of here, even though it would be easy. And then there's a six-minute scene of him standing on a black background, swinging his sword at colored mist. Yep. Not animated, either. No, it's just him being like, okay, and I swing the sword. And it's not like he interacts with the mist. He doesn't hit the mist. He doesn't cause it to change. It's just there happens to be a mist-colored filter filter over Weehawk spinning around with a sword. And this goes on. Forever, like, until an actual monster shows up. Like, if it was animated, you'd expect him to swing at the mist and the mist to kind of dissipate around his sword, you know, and kind of form trails around it. Or you'd expect it to be somehow menacing. Yeah, but it's, like, bright pink, so it's not. And, and yeah, and then, eventually, brown mist comes in, and that, and that freaks him out even more, and it's because it's the breath of a gross ball monster. And then that gets shot by Peace. Da-da-da! Peace returns to the battle and shoots a ball monster. And then Peace kind of collapses because he doesn't like where he is or something. Yeah, and then he's just like, ah, it's very bad. bad. There's bad. no good place. The fall. And falls over. And then and then the two of them kind of fall asleep on top of each other. And then we get the scene where Eleanor is captured by fairies. And there's a, a long rambling sequence where the fairies are demanding her to be killed. We should, we should get rid of her. No, don't do it. She's a fairy. We should kill another fairy. Yeah, don't kill me. What I like about this scene is this scene features a ton of characters that are only in this scene. The fairies who want her to die, the king of the fairies, and then the captain of the fairy guard. And and all of them start by, like, introducing themselves. So the, there's literally the, the scene with the little people, we're the fairies who want her to die. We want her to die. <laughs> What do you think, King? Well, I'm the king, and I'm going to sit here looking befuddled through the rest of this scene. Don't expect me to talk. I the, My favorite thing, though, was the Captain of the Guard uh, fairy, who's just sitting there like, Ah, come on, lady, don't make it worse for yourself. Oh, yeah. You, just just stop it. Like, she does a crotch blast oh, yeah. at these guys. She, she gathers all of her magic fairy energy and fires a crotch, pink, a pink vagina blast that knocks over a few of the fairies. It doesn't kill anyone, it just... No. Not- and then the guard's like, come on, you're making my job harder yeah, here. I'm trying I, to stop them from killing you. Yeah, my job's to keep them on the other side of, uh, on the other side of uh, you from me. And, and, and every time you do stuff like that, it's harder because they're going to try and go over here. And my job's already hard, lady. So and it's he was, like, He's great because everyone else is being completely stupid. And he's like, look, I've got a job to do. I'm trying to do it. Just meet me halfway here. At the moment, my job's to keep you alive. So I'm going to do that. And meanwhile, there's these fairies. And again, you can tell the fairies will want her dead because they look like evil fairies. We don't see them until this scene. Yeah, but they're all like greenish and kind of gaunt. And they don't have noses. They have they have two nose slits instead of noses. And they have sharp, faggy teeth. 
And they're just like, yeah, kill her, yeah! It's like, wait, why is the king in charge of these evil fairies? Shouldn't there be, like, two fairy kingdoms? You'd think he'd just be like, oh, wait a minute, those fairies are clearly evil. They always try to kill everybody who comes in here. <laughs> also, there was assassins that showed up and shot some random fairy. But they immediately blame the only fairy in the group. Instead of going like, oh yeah, oh, yeah the her. elf that we hate... Or some random wizard that's just a beard. Or his kill robot. Well, the kill robot wasn't there. That's the whole point. But he's an assassin with a rifle. Yeah, but he wasn't there. That's what I, I'm saying. Just, they can't blame they him. They can't blame him. but Because they, they don't know he's there. Yeah, but well, they did know he was there. He was there at the beginning. He walks off during the crazy abyss sequence. So, so uh, it, it, they could be like, oh, well, there's a kill robot in the woods with a rifle. We can't see him at the moment, but he's probably the one killing fairies. But instead, they say... Oh no, it's definitely the fairy who was sitting here calmly eating the food we gave her. Yeah, the the one voice of reason that is also one of us. Yeah, let's take her and blame her. And during this scene, she realizes that she actually has all of her fairy powers. She thought she didn't, because apparently that she was living with Avatar to learn her fairy powers, but I guess he just hasn't been telling her that she has them already. And then she makes like a little statue of a dragon. oil thing yeah, it's a, come to life. A little green thing with a hose mouth, and she brings it to life, and it starts menacing fairies. And then, and starts, then menacing, menacing her. Yeah, and... And meanwhile, the guard's just like, why did you bring that to life? That was a... Come on, man. That was a dumb decision. That thing's stupid and evil, and now... God, you're making my job so hard here. So, Uh, yeah. So uh, Avatar shows up and is like, hey, we're gonna leave. Hey, we're gonna leave. Uh, Please let her go. We don't want to hurt you guys. We just want to stop Scorch and and Black Wolf. And 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 they're like, like, okay, well, we're not gonna join you, but we're not gonna help you, and we're not gonna stop you, so just get the fuck out and do whatever. And they, they test the scene by having him shot with an avatar shot with an arrow and and he doesn't react by killing everyone so they're like well obviously he's not evil because when you shoot him he doesn't fight back at all so yeah, i because guess because he's way more pissed off if you put him in a tree than if you shoot him yeah you shoot him he just stands there going i can't fight you guys it's not my job i know i tried to kill all of you like 20 minutes ago <laughs> uh so then they we get another wonderful scene of Fucking people wandering around forever. Yeah, and they this wander time, through like a forest, and then they wander glacier. through snow. But let's—it's not the whole group anymore. No, it's just them two. Yeah, because he thinks that Weehawk apparently died in the pit that he left him at, and doesn't go look for he, him. He doesn't look for him, he and just, he, knows he gives that, up on Weehawk. Yeah, so he knows that Peace ran off, doesn't know where he is. He knows that Weehawk went into a pit, but then didn't go check on him. So they just wander off. And they're like, "All right, well, let's do this." Yeah. And then he, he in his third and I believe final display of magical power, uh, Avatar summons a coat for uh, Eleanor. Eleanor, and at that point it becomes hard to recognize who she is because her only defining characteristic is that she's wearing that outfit. Yeah, and now she's just sort of an orange blob that falls behind him. Yeah. Uh, okay, so they get lost and they wander. We, in the woods. Fucking Weehawk and Night and Peace find them because the. There's no tension here. They just wander around. It's a dumb scene that sucks. Here's the tension in this scene. They see Peace and and Weehawk coming, but they think that they might be enemies because it's all snowy. And so they spend two minutes preparing to fight. They go, oh, oh I'm, I, coming. I'm, I'm coming. Uh, this, this is where I'm going to make my final stand. I always thought it would be a more interesting place. Blah, 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 blah. I've got my sword. Now I'm, I'm going to fight you. For, I'm for, a fairy. For Montagar. Then it's like, no, I'm Peace. I'm not going to fight you. I'm a robot. Who's your friend? Yay. Let's let's go together off of this glacier that we're on. Okay, great. And then they find God, this movie. Then they find some Vikings. Yeah, they find a new army of elves, and they're like, Yeah, we're gonna fuck up Scorch because we stole some guns from them, so now we have guns. Yes, and and uh God, Avatar's like, I don't think you guys are something something. I've gotta Don't weird. don't do that. Don't why I, this is how you repay all my kindness is you use guns. And now apparently he's like, you can't fight with technology. Yeah, he's he's anti-gun, which, whatever. But, which is weird, because the gun is good. The gun is good. Yeah, the, the, yeah. and also, uh, let's see what else is bad. The, the, the penis is bad. Yeah. Yeah, but gun. The gun is good. Gun, obviously good. Yeah. At this scene, Necron 90, uh, Peace goes off to sit by himself, and... And then... There's... Eleanor goes to sit with him, and then all of a sudden a monster attacks them, and... I guess it, they, they kind of, the monster shows up and sort of swirls around overhead and gets shut off by Avatar. And Avatar's like, what happened? And she's like, I went over to co- co- or, uh, comfort Peace because he looked sad. And Avatar's like, don't you comfort Peace. Peace, <laughs> is, Peace is fighting a constant mental war battle with Black Wolf. And, and you need to let him just fight the battle. And you I, just, you I didn't just, tell anyone this beforehand because I, sh- I, I didn't think it was necessary to let anyone know that if you tried to talk to Peace, a giant monster would show up. Yeah, don't distract him with your touches and your boobs. <laughs> 
Oh, my God. You leave that robot alone. So then, right after that, they get attacked by a tank. A tank rolls up and sort of shoots at them and does some stuff. And then Eleanor freaks out, stabs Peace, kills him. And then jumps into a tank and rides off with the bad guys. And you're like, oh, holy shit, she betrayed them. That's yeah. crazy. By the way, the bad guys in this scene are one of the weirdest things in the movie because they're these weird little blue guys with green gas masks on. And about four times throughout the course of the film, we get about, uh, we get shtick moments with these guys. Oh yeah, they'll just cut to these two and it's like, I don't, I don't want to go to war anymore. I think everything's great. Everything should be allowed to live. Butterflies and people, people and... People deserve a chance, you know? It's just, it's just not fair. And then the other guy's like, yeah, but now we have a weapon that makes us unstoppable. Alright, well let's go to war! Yeah, and And that happens like four times. There's one where they where they have an argument and one of them gets drunk. There's one where they have that conversation. There's another one where they have ca- captured a bunch of elves in a battle and they and they. Oh my god! I completely forgot yeah. about and that they, scene. They drag them off to a church, which is a big stone teapot. They drag them to a big stone teapot and and then they go in and the fat the the fat gas mask guard keeps saying like, "What are we doing in here?" I keep telling you, we're in here to find priests. We gotta find God because God, you need you need to go with God and God. Well, religion is. Religion support. Oh, okay. Then what are we doing in here? Well, it's religion. You know, it's religion. We gotta go find religion. Oh, who are we looking for? Some priests. We're looking for some priests. What are we doing in here? And it's not like the other guy goes, "Oh, shut up, you." He just starts saying the same shit again. Yeah. And there's no. And it's not a like who's on first situation where you've got wordplay or anything. It's literally just, "Why are we here? We need some guys for religion. What are they gonna do?" Uh, maybe religious guys will look after these uh, captives we have. Oh, well, who are we looking for? Priests, because they're religious. Oh, but why would we look for them? Because they're religious. And you're like, oh my god, shut yeah. up. And then they find some priests, and this is a Fritz the Cat scene, just transcribed directly. They find these two little priests, and one of them's got a Jewish accent, and the other one's got a George Carlin accent. And and, the t- and they're like, hey, uh, hey, priests, hey. And the priests are just sitting there sleeping. Hey, priest, hey, we got a bunch of prisoners. We want you to look after these prisoners we got, and we're going to ask you what a long, convoluted, supposed-to-be-funny bit of patter. And then the priests kind of wake up and go, okay, but first we got to pray, and we got to we gotta talk to God. And then they do a five-minute song and dance routine. They fucking, they, like, dance around, they slap each other on the ass with giant wood boards, they shower each other. Yeah, they get, like, a, uh, like, one of those, uh, water, uh, cans, water yeah, can things. Yeah. And then they, like, one of them goes by strapped to a cross briefly. Yeah, it's it, it's just shtick. It's just these, and, and they look like just rejected designs for Avatar, because they're just beards with hats. And this goes on for, like we said, a while, and then the two guards are like, alright, well, let's go to plan A, and then we hear a bunch of shooting going on outside, and we assume, I guess, the captives have been shot. Yeah, they get, they, the priests are too annoying, so they shot the prisoners instead of dealing with the priests. And then they're like, and now we gotta go to plan B. Oh, what's plan B? Just watch! And then the teapot blows up, apparently with them in it. Yeah, they blow themselves up to get rid of these two annoying priests. And, and we aren't sure what the hell this all, any of this was. I, I guess it's supposed to be a trenchant commentary on how religion is not useful during wartime or something? I, I have no idea. Because everything in this movie serves... No purpose. There's there's no plot here. Well, you hear me. You hear me right now. I'm, I'm reaching. I'm reaching to to pull meaning out of the shenanigans I wit- witnessed on screen. Is this a trenchant commentary on religion? No, it's bullshit. Okay. All right then. So all right. So the uh, Avatar is like, well, I don't condone these other elf army going to fight, and Eleanor's gone, and Peace is dead. So I'm gonna take this elf. And we're going to go into a city. And then he kind of goes all babbly insane. He's like, well, city, yeah. city needs to be he needs to be more beautiful. It's like he gives up. Yeah. Because like, he lost Eleanor. So now he's just like, don't even, people are, eh, got beautiful city. Eh, even, even Scorch should be beautiful. Bruh. And then he just starts making flowers appear. And the whole time Weehawk's like, oh my god, will you move your ass? Right. And then I, at this point we get the sequence with the, uh... Oh, we have the war, we have Black Warthog. Wolf's wife. Oh, who yeah. shows up twice in this movie. Yeah. The first time she shows up, we've had no indication that Black Wolf has a relationship of any kind. She's looks like a fairy. 
Yeah, she's bl- she's a blue fairy. Yeah, so maybe a mutant fairy is yeah. why she's there. And, and, and then he says, he just basically says, I know things are hard right now. And he's talking to her, he's like, I know things are hard. Because he's kind of a Christopher Lee type. But if you give me a son, then you you and I and him will rule the kingdom and something. And, oh, I, and she's like, I don't want to rule the world. I just want our little kingdom. And he's like, no. He's like, Scorches balls. You know, he's right. He's like, no, we can't just keep living here. Everyone's the, irradiated. The problem is, he has one that one scene there where he's like, no, man, Scorch is terrible. It's completely irradiated. We should be living in a place where the water is safe to drink and not full of filth. And we can live... The way we want to live. And I go, okay, yes. That's accurate. The problem is, your point there is being undermined by being a literal Nazi. <laughs> yes. Because he is a literal Nazi. Several times during the film, he is called the new Hitler or the... Or, or the or, Fuhrer. Or the Fuhrer of the future. He's a literal Nazi. Although, the only things he does that makes him seem Nazi-ish are show propaganda movies. Like, once you see a cartoon dressed up as a, as a Nazi... Uh, and it, he's the one who gets killed because he's the warthog's uncle or something. Yeah. And then every other time with with uh, villains, they don't look Naziist at all, except for the silhouettes of actual Nazis that they they have filmed on there. So the whole Nazi connection is ridiculous. <clears throat> also, every time we see Black Wolf in his castle, there's some new people there doing dumb shtick around him. Like first, he's got this lizard that works for him named Larry. And Larry's just like, guy, Black Wolf, Black Wolf, there's people and they're coming. And he's like, thank you, Larry. Then the second time he meets his high priests and asks them a question. Yeah, and he's like, you guys can see the future. Tell me, is my child going to be normal? No, your kid's going to be a mutant. Ah! It's like, fuck, well, my next kid will not be a mutant. And she's like, no, don't kill him. And then that's completely drunk. Well, his question isn't, will my kid be a mutant? His question is, will my child be mutant or human? And they're like, we'll be a mutant. He's like, my next one will be human. And you're like, what? Where? Who's a human? Are there any humans? There's elves and there's mutants. Those are the options. You're an elf, Black Wolf. You're an, you're a mutant elf born from an elf. Your wife is an elf. So you want, but you want to have a human kid? Or did you forget when you were writing the script that humans don't exist in this world? Yeah, 100%. Because this entire plot also gets dropped immediately. Yeah. Like, his wife screams, don't kill my kid. Later... When they go in, they'll find Eleanor in the castle, and uh, we Hawk attacks her immediately, and then we find out that she was actually brainwashed, and that's why she betrayed them. But as that scene is going on, the wife runs in like, oh, yeah, on oh a God. bridge above them and yeah. goes, "Hey, leave her alone! She was brainwashed, and she has, I think, her baby." But we don't see the baby; we just see a bundle she's holding. It's like, "Leave her alone! Everything's crazy." Bye! And then runs! Yeah, people deserve peace in the world! And then she just runs off, and that's the end of her. The, the end of the movie really feels like they were just desperate to wrap this thing up. Like, they were like, well, this movie's already an hour and 50 minutes long, we gotta get out of here. So they were like, okay, here's here's the final climactic battle sequence between the oh Avatar and Black Wolf. So finally, Avatar and Black Wolf confront each other. And they have some patter back and forth about which one is aging better. Oh yeah, so, it's uh, like, oh, you're, you don't look so good. You look old. Oh, well, you look like shit, man. You have skeleton arms. You're George Carlin. Well, I think I've aged better than you. And then they're like, well, I guess we finally better have a battle. Okay, well, I'm going to show you a spell my mama taught me. She taught me when you weren't around, and here it is. And then he pulls out a gun from his sleeve and shoots him in the heart. Twice. Yeah, he gives, gives him two bullets, even though he's been anti-bullet the whole movie. He's yeah, just been he's, carry- been, he's been anti-gun. He's been anti-tech. He's been... Built up to be this amazing wizard, in the beginning of the movie, we had this whole thing where the only reason Black Wolf was banished is because they had a magic fight, and Black Wolf was beaten by Avatar, and that the power of good magic is supposed to be more than the power of evil magic, and then we finally get the confrontation between the two, and he straight just goes, nah, I'm gonna shoot you. Bye! Bye, that's the end of that. And it's like any movie with a bad villain running a whole army. Shooting him causes, like, his castle to crumble over. Oh, yeah, over. He, he was a load-bearing villain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's a load-bearing villain who basically controlled the whole kingdom. As soon as you shoot him, no one's afraid of sky movies anymore. Yeah, this, the projector turns off and all, and all of his forces freeze. Oh, yeah, they literally, oh, my God, those are my favorite things. The narrator says, many of the forces of the of the evil Black Wolf simply froze in place. And it, it, because we ran out of animation budget. Yeah, so like, there's, like, shots of animation that just aren't moving, and that's the it's end of just, that. We had one still of a fight, and we just left it there. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. And, the okay, so the craziest <laughs> thing for me is there was no repercussion or remorse. Like, Avatar uses a gun and kills a guy, in pretty much cold blood. Yeah. And then we don't well, get... he is the new Hitler, but still. Yeah. I mean, 
It, Even when you kill the new brother. Hitler. Oh, and his kill line. His kill line is, I'm glad you changed your last name. What? We've never heard either of their last names. We have no idea what your last name is. I, I guess mean, it's I'll, Hitler. I mean, I, I assume you changed it to Hitler, but I don't know what it was to begin with. Avatar Carlin is so glad that he managed to finally kill off Black Wolf Hitler. And, again, nothing. There's no, like, oh, I hate that it had to come down to this. I hate that I had to use a gun. And there's Or there's no, like, I learned that technology has a place in our life. Nothing. It's just, I shot him. Fuck him. Goodbye. I figured out a way to win, which is to go against my ideals and cheat. Anyway, here's the end of the movie. I'm gonna go fuck this fairy queen. Yeah, my student, this fairy who I've had with me living since she was a little girl, I'm gonna take her off and fuck her a bunch. Because I'm 9,000 years old and she's probably about, you know, like, 15. She's like 15. That's that's close. Yeah, that sounds like a good time for a good old Carlin Avatar. God damn. And, and basically what happens is, uh, okay, Weehawk, who also survives the film, is like, hey, uh, you guys, come with me, Queen Eleanor. You're going to go be the queen of Montagore like you're supposed to. And she's like, no, you go to Montagore. You're going to be king of Montagore. And uh, this this old beard and I are going to go have a new kingdom somewhere and have lots of babies. And he's like, yeah, you didn't think I was too old to bang this 15-year-old, did you? Because <laughs> I'm not. It's the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I, I just love the idea that Weehawk is going to show up in Montagore, a place that was apparently ruled by fairies, as an elf, and go... Yeah, uh, your queen and your king and your ruler and your president are, are gone. Yeah. However, I'm here, and they totally told me that I'm the king. Right. That was my favorite. He's just like, uh, he's like, yeah, okay, I'll ride off on my horse ball. I'm gonna go. I'll go be king of Montagore. You guys got it. It's a deal. <laughs> can I get like, can I get like signed paperwork? Do you have any notarization? Are you gonna, are you gonna call them? What's 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 the deal here? How does this work? And they're like, oh, we're not even worried about it. I'm going to go fuck this beard with shoes. <laughs> oh, sorry, he never wears shoes. This we're beard with a hat. This beard with a hat. That's what I'm going to do. I'm 15. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's that's the end of the film. Oh, I also, I also wanted this. Uh, let's just do some stray comments on things that we found about this film that were insane. Okay, yes. There's a scene where she discovers that she has all of her fairy powers, and she uses them to scare the, fair, the other fairies and summon a little dragon thing. Yep. And any scene after that, does she use any fairy powers? Of course not. No, never. Literally everything that is brought up in this film is then never resolved. Like, we have this entire thing where we have an arc for Necron 99 slash Peace where it's like, okay, he was an assassin, he was a robot, but then he uh, wants to change, he wants to be good, and he's like... We even get the the fact that he's in a constant mental battle against Black Wolf, and he then just gets stabbed and is never thought of again. Oh yeah, no one even mentions him after no. that. As soon as he dies and Eleanor jumps at a tank, nothing. No one gives a fuck. The only thing that ever happens after that is that when Weehawk sees her again, he yells that she is a slut. Yeah, oh my god, that was amazing. He like jumps down and goes, SLUT! And then punches her. It's like, slut? <laughs> what the hell? That's pretty uncalled for, buddy. Oh my are god. You, are, are you sure? Because she's never... I mean, she's a virgin, first of all. Almost definitely. Almost. I mean, I, mean, I guess maybe you're making fun of her outfit, but let's let's be friendly to her. I mean, it's not okay to call anyone that. Yeah, and I don't... And she, traitor! Traitor is the word you want. Yes. And... <laughs> oh my god. And again, just all of these little plot lines of like, oh yeah, uh, fucking the... The wife and the baby completely dropped. No one cares. The wizard battle that was going to happen. No one gives a fuck. All of these things that were plot lines that are like, this was brought up. No one cares. This was brought up. No one cares. What about the eternal battle between magic and technology? No one cares. That's what. A, what about that entire kingdom of fairies you found? Who was like, ah, oh, we'll we'll remain neutral. We'll wait and see. Was that ever resolved? Did we ever come back to see what happened to them? Of course not. Fuck everything in this film. We don't care. We don't even get to see Montagore again with its return of its king that is definitely going to be told to go fuck himself. Oh, yeah. I just, I want that movie. That's the, <laughs> I, I want the three-minute movie of, of Weehawk riding into Montagore and saying, Hey, guys, Eleanor said I'm king. And they're like, yeah, we had elections while you were gone. First of <laughs> because all... Because we have a president. We have a president, and the president doesn't need a king, and what are you even doing here? Like, you know that we don't like elves, right? So... How about... You get out. Yeah, let's just point spears at him. <laughs> That's the movie I want. Oh my god. And it never talks about the fact that, like, is, th is there any resolution of, yes, the, the mutants live in the worst conditions 
while all of the, like, the fairies and the elves live in great places, was there ever a reconciliation? Was there any oh, no. sort of advancement of that plot? No, in, in fact, the, the, the end sequence has an, another chunk of narration with more sepia-toned art, and it says that the, the remaining mutants are all rounded up and killed by the elves. Great! And it's like, they're sentient. They were under the, the, the these are just people that are mutated. Yeah, they're under the they're under the mental control of Black Wolf during the film. It happened to several of you as well. Yeah, well, the I mean, the thing is, he had some demons that he had literally summoned. Yeah, he had some oh, from un- hell, literally yeah, from, from hell. hell. They and so the the end narration is like, yeah, so these demons went back to hell. Uh, some of the like uh, undead that he had gotten just sort of dissipated. And then we had the mutants. And then we rounded them up and killed them all because you know what we hate is Nazis. So in order to get rid of them, we're going to get them all together, stick them in a big stove and burn them to death. <laughs> that ought to do it. What's irony? I don't it was so weird. The movie doesn't I, I guess it just needed to be done, but and then there's there's one scene near the very end where like Larry the lizard pops up and Avatar's like, "Hey, don't kill him. He's just some lizard. It doesn't matter. <laughs> who cares? And Let not, him go." It's not even like he's like, "Hey, show show mercy to the to the people who have surrendered or anything like that." He's more like, "It's not worth the time." Yeah, he's just like, "Ah, what harm could he do? Who cares?" It's one I mean, we'll probably kill him later incidentally when we're sweeping up the mutants like we do. That's it's it's so mean. My takeaway from this is honestly that if it wasn't for the Nazi imagery, I would have been rooting for Black Wolf the entire time. Oh yeah, because Black Wolf's primary goal, based on the one or two scenes of him where he sets a primary goal, is the people who live here in this horrible irradiated mutant town shouldn't have to. Yeah, he's like, I was born a mutant, and I was an outcast just for how I was born. Yeah. I want to progress our society to where we can live in a place that isn't a total shithole, and I'm going to do this... With Nazis. And even then, it's 10 million years in the future. He doesn't know what the fuck Nazis are. He found a movie. I know. The movie notably does not feature any war atrocities committed by Nazis. It's not like it shows concentration camps. So honestly, he's just like, hey, I found this, uh, like video that has a bunch of tech in it and a guy who's super charismatic and leading troops. Yeah, you never see. This sounds good. You never see any concentration camps in the movie, which leads you with the impression that he saw this and was just like, oh, these guys have snazzy uniforms. (laughs) These guys have got it together. Look how good they are at marching. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So, anyway, before we let's, let's, before let's, we come down on Nazi side, <laughs> let's let's try and not go ahead and like <laughs> play devil's advocate for the Nazis. So, <laughs> so let's let's wrap this up here. Uh, scale of one to five. That's the way we do it. Yeah. So scale of one to five, we combine our scores to get the total score for this movie. Jeff. On a scale of 1 to 5, what are you going to rate Wizards? I'm going to give this one a 2. I would give it a 1 because the plot is literally inconsequential and impossible to follow, but it's so crazy that a lot of the time I'd be, you know, just like I always do when I'm trying to watch a movie this bad, doodling around on my phone, and then something would happen on screen and I would be horn-swoggled or bone-smacked or something, some word, and I'd be like, what? What the hell just happened? it it, It was entrancing to watch some of the cuts in this thing. It was just so shenanigans. So I'm giving it a 2 just for shock value. Alright. And you? I'm giving this a 1, again, because it is garbage and is not actually a movie. I think it's your third one in a row. <laughs> it is. This this movie is more filler than a movie. That is correct. We haven't. We really ha- can't impart enough exactly how much of this movie is just stock footage of weird Renfair nights and old tanks. Yeah, it's There's- silhouettes and then scenes that are the same animation sequence that go on forever. Oh yeah, there must be a scene of elves blowing up because of a Junker or, or a JU-88 dive bomb run in the background like eight times in this film. Uh-huh. It's the same animation of elves flying around and the same background footage of an exploding bomb. Yeah, like, no, it's, it is and it, it's insane. It's elves being blown up by an image of bombers from 10 million years ago. Yeah, it's not like, it showed the propaganda film and then they blow up. It's not like an actual plane blew them up. There's a scene where there's going to be a, a, the final battle between the demons and the elves, and it has 10 minutes of lead up of, here's some silhouettes moving around, here's some elves looking stoic, here's some scenes, here's some planes moving around, here's some elves looking stoic, let's pan across the elves, let's pan across the elves the other way, here's some demons walking, here's the elves looking stoic, and then one of them pats the other one on the head, here's some airplanes. It, it, oh yeah, it it is the the 1970s car drives somewhere scene, but it's silhouettes and elves. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so... Your, your grade is understandable. I'm giving this one a 2 for shock value because there was some stuff in it where I was like, the hell just happened? Yeah, if we weren't reviewing this right after watching it, 
I swear I couldn't hold this movie in my head. Like, it's just, it's nonsense, and there's nothing to it. There's, there's no cohesion to the film, so it can't stick. No, that's exactly the way it is with every Bakshi movie. Cool World does not stay in your head. You, you have some dim memories of Brad Pitt and Kim Basinger. So you're just like, oh, I kind of remember that movie because those guys were in it, and also, what's-his-name was in it? Uh, the main character. Yeah, uh... Remember him? Nose? Sure, why not? Uh, yeah, he's in there. But the cartoon stuff does not stick in your head. No, because it's awful. I've seen Fritz the Cat and Lord of the Rings. I could not describe them to you. Yep. All I remember about Fritz the Cat is that Fritz the Cat himself is kind of an asshole, and there's a scene where Jews dance around. And it's super <laughs> offensive. Great. Uh, <laughs> that's all I can, uh, that's all I can grab onto. So this movie, there you go. Yep. Total, total combined score of 3 out of 10. Would you recommend people go look at this? It's on YouTube, so you can watch it for free. Yeah, no, don't. Don't do it. Don't, I mean, look at the, look at the trailer and just, just know that it is the worst. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say yes, you should go see some of this. Feel free to liberally skip around. Oh, honestly, you could skip forward 10 minutes and probably have missed nothing of the plot. Yeah. Because there isn't one. Yeah, so there you go. So, some of the visuals, I mean, it's never pretty, but some of the visuals are so crazy as to be worth looking at and going like, like 80 people worked on this huh. like this is this is a joint project a lot of people had to say yes yes i approve of this and i am ready for this to go forward further i do not wish to stop this yeah Uh-oh. yeah so three out of ten there you go that was Bakshi's wizards <sighs> okay so if you have a movie that you would like to torture us with let us know you can contact us, uh, give us some suggestions. The best way to do it is systemmastery at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That way we'll be able to have it added to our list. You can also go on to our Facebook. We're System Mastery on Facebook. You can find us there. Go ahead and leave a, a comment there. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, although Twitter's- Jeff is horrible at uh, getting <laughs> anything from Twitter. But we are at System Mastery on Twitter. I try real hard. It's just, Twitter's more of a conversational format. Bless your heart. Yeah, you it, try hard. I try so. I do all of our social media. Come on. <laughs> uh, if, if, um, if you want to have just a friendly conversation with us over, over any means, Twitter's the way to go. Because I respond, I just don't remember to write down your suggestions from there. And, uh, of course, on our own website, where this is located, SystemMasteryPodcast.com. You can leave a comment there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we can add that to our list of films upcoming. And we don't, we don't turn films down. We do if we have both seen them. Yeah, we want to watch things anew, come at it fresh, mm-hmm. and, uh, be tortured for your entertainment. That's all. So send us all the movies and we'll add them to the list. So that even if you recommended a movie a long time ago and we haven't done it yet, it's still on the list. It's just done with dice. Yep. Just we be- haven't rolled randomly yet. Just so. wait it out. Maybe we'll cap it someday so we can get through some of the old ones. I have no idea how this works. This is like episode five. What do you want from us? <laughs> yeah. So that's it for Movie Mastery for this week. And you have a lovely time. <laughs> <laughs>